0: You're about to listen to a message from the Life Point Church, a warm and friendly home for the young at heart. All right, so we continue on the discussion about the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. For those who like to take notes and you're looking for a topic, uh, this is part two of what we started last week, Tad High Powered, but it is the Holy Spirit in action. So last week, Sunday, Pastor Demilade provided a background for us to help us understand the person of the Holy Spirit and how we can leverage the Holy Spirit for evangelism, how we can leverage his help to win souls, how our Christianity can be attractive to to non-believers. Today, we're speaking about how he helps us get these things done, how he helps our light shine, how he equips us to be able to fulfill God's desires, God's will, and kingdom mandate. All right? So some of the things we had said last week included that the Holy Spirit empowers you to, to win souls into God's kingdom and to make progress in life. You know, and I find that with the conversation around evangelism, a lot of us can be very easily put off. I mean, we've been talking about this since April, and I hope by now that we've been able to sell you solid reasons why it is important that you represent God here on earth as his ambassador, not only with good works, not only with random acts of kindness, but also being a witness in truth, in deed, in action, in words, that your, the sum total of your life would encapsulate the gospel of the, our Lord Jesus Christ, that we might through this win many, retrieve the lost, from the kingdom of darkness so that it can be translated into the kingdom of light. We need the Holy Spirit for this. This was established last week. The greatest spiritual warfare takes place on the battlefield of evangelism. It is not, the, it is not a battle of currents. It's a battle of life, battle of souls. Hence why you see so many interesting um, concepts and principles that are inundating us right now, so many proper, <clears throat> so many mindsets are being, or ideologies, let me use the word ideologies, are being pushed forward from the pit of hell. We've been sold, several people have been sold a lie. Even when it comes to the gospel of Jesus Christ, there are variants of the truth. And so what is our responsibility as God's children? Because the devil is not resting in his plans to ensure that hell is very well populated. We as God's children cannot also rest because there are strategies towards ensuring that we depopulate hell through our daily life and living. But you see, today's focus not only speaks to how we can leverage the help of the Holy Spirit for soul winning. But how you, as an individual, can begin to walk in the supernatural. Because that is a promise we have received, and that is the expectation of us as believers. If you are not born again, you cannot receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. So a prerequisite to receiving the gift of the Holy Spirit... The indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit is that you are saved. That is the first thing. So, the empowerment by the Holy Spirit must produce tangible results in everyday living and in soul winning. The empowerment of the Holy Spirit must produce tangible results in your everyday life. That's the first thought. That means if you are not producing results, if I am not producing results in my everyday life, whether it's in parenting, whether it's in my business, whether it's in my job, at my job, whether it's in my finances, whether it's in my relational life, in every face of my life and in every facet, I am expected to be a proof producer. I am expected to produce results. Now, before somebody thinks here that what results look like, you know, for in your finances is that you go from 100K in your bank account to 100 million. That's not it. That is a potential benefit, but that is not it primarily. Today is not the day, but we will deal with the concept of prosperity and how that word has sort of been bastardized. It's not a bad word. And I know as young people, when we hear prosperity, the first thing we think is in our head, the church has come again. They're about to preach us a prosperity message and ask us to come and sow seeds and come and drop our cars. And you know, a lot of us young people, our minds get easily closed up once we hear these things. But today is not the day to talk about prosperity. We focus on the Holy Spirit. But be rest assured that in scripture, according to scripture, Prosperity is a benefit, a direct benefit of our relationship, our covenant relationship with God. He expects us to prosper. He expects us, he expects his children to live well. He expects his children to be proof producers. Let's read from the book of 1 Corinthians 12. 1 Corinthians 12 it's a long read from verses 1 to 11, but I will just select the scripture. So verse 1 says, now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant. And then he goes ahead, Paul goes ahead to explain, you know, how we should not be ignorant about certain things. But move to verse 4. Can we read from verse 4 together? We're reading from verses 4 to, to 10. Let's have it up on the screen. Verses 4, Okay. Once you go, there are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. Next. There are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of activities, but it is the same God who works all in all. Next. The manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. Pause. The manifestation of the Spirit, that word manifestation there, also means the enablement, the display, the capacity, the enabling. Yeah, let me just use the word enable. Let me stick with enable, enablement of the Spirit. So when the Spirit of God indwells your life, it is given to each one of us for what? Can we take that again? For what? The profit of all. Yeah? What that means is the gifts of the Holy Spirit is not given to you for you and you alone. You are obviously going to benefit from it, but primarily, that profit of all means service. For the equipping of the saints, the equipping of the church, it is for service. Next verse. For to one is given, let's read together. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the spirit. So that's the first gift, word of wisdom. To another, the word of knowledge. Next verse, that's two. To another, faith, the gift of faith. To another, gifts of healing. That's number what? Four. Next verse, to another, working of miracles. Another. To another, to another, to another, let's pause there. Can someone tell me in the last three verses we've read, what has been the most prevalent word? Another. Thank you very much. To another, to another, to another. What I suggest is, Hardly would you find the deposits, it's not impossible, but hardly would you find the deposits of all of these giftings in one person. You see, because God God knows what you need for the service that he has called you to, for where you are. In fact, there are certain times that you unlock certain gifts based on the level that you get into. Amen. And so we need to understand how God works. He dispenses these gifts as he wills. As the Spirit of God wills is how these gifts are released to us based on need. But it is not impossible that we can or we should not desire. Because further down that scripture, um, that chapter there, Paul would advise, earnestly desire these gifts. Earnestly desire these gifts. The King James Version translation would say, covet these gifts. Covert is a strong word. And we recognize that because it is for the profiting of all, because it is for others to be blessed, that Jesus is glorified. Our spiritual gifts exalt Jesus, not us. What happens in our world is we have these gifts, we leverage them for our own profiting. Some leverage them for personal profiting. Some leverage them and become prideful. But that is not the Father's intention. It is that so that you and I can be blessed. That as you utilize your gift of interpretation of tongues, and she utilizes her gift of speaking in in diverse tongues, that as she releases a word by revelation, you are able to, you know, make it known to the church what it is that the Spirit of God is saying at a given point in time. That as Pastor Chi utilizes the spirit of prophecy, the gift of prophecy, You know, it is that we will be blessed and we will be mindful of that which is upon our father's heart. We need to understand that the reason God gives these gifts is so that his children can live the spirit-enabled life here on earth. Because our identity primarily is the fact that we are God's children, but we are spirit beings. And so our life here on earth is transient in nature. When you look at these gifts, we can actually categorize them into three different buckets, but not the way they've been arranged here. So you have the revelation gifts. The word of wisdom, word of knowledge, and the discerning of spirits are the ones you will categorize as revelation gifts. And these are gifts that, of course, the word revelation means to reveal, right? They reveal. So word of wisdom, word of knowledge, discerning of spirits. And I want to just very briefly touch on these words, um, these gifts, because I recognize that in, in, sometimes in church, we assume everybody understands it. So I would describe very briefly what these gifts mean. So Word of Wisdom speaks to what will happen. It, is, it speaks, to the, speaks of the future. And it brings supernatural revelation of the plan and the purpose of God. That is Word of Wisdom. So it is displayed when, you know, someone sees you and tells you of something to come. I remember... When I first got married and my husband and I had to pay a visit to a mentor friend of his, an older person, you know, who's a popular pastor in, in Lagos here. And he said, having a conversation with us, just randomly, we're just gisting. And then it was time to go and say, "Well, let me pray with you guys. And I started praying. He just said, well, so when you guys walked in, I, I was going to say this, but... I thought, well, maybe not. Uh, It might not be useful information or important information. But he goes ahead and explains to me a picture that he sees and how that I potentially might struggle with childbearing. Now, before somebody gets spooked here, God reveals to redeem. And I remember what my husband and I did was, we just got into the car, we held our hands. We didn't even pray, we just held hands. And he just made a declaration, you know, and that was it. We never had to pray about it because we know what God had said. The man did not say, I will not have children. He just said, there is, I don't want to go into the details because just, it sounds spooky. Just in case somebody's like, eh, is that what these gifts are? I'm not desirous anymore. I used to want it, but God, you can kind of keep the gifts, you know. No, that's not it. I'll find you other nicer examples. <laughs> so the word of knowledge, it is what has happened in the past or what is happening right now. Yeah? And it is supernatural revelation by the Holy Ghost of certain facts in the mind of God. Let me give you biblical examples of that. So Ananias, for example, would be praying in his house. Jeje, just doing his thing with God, his fellowship. And God would say to him, you know what? There's a guy, go to the streets, the streets called streets. And you see a certain man that's, his name is Saul of Tarsus. Go and lay your hands on him. God never explains to Ananias what he wants to do with Saul, he just gives him this instruction. I remember in uni, we used to call it Word of K. If you attended local university and you were very spiritual, you would have been familiar with the term Word of K, Word of K. So there is Word from Knowledge, which I discovered was very ripe. Right or rife, people would already have gotten information, and then they want to come and leverage and say, God said. But word of knowledge is what God reveals about something that has happened or something that will happen, you know, present tense um, kind of situation. And so he will say to you, this particular thing, this is happening to this person, go ahead and pray. Sometimes your instruction is that simple. It might not even require you speaking to someone else. And there's so many examples. I've personally experienced diverse ways where I just, I'm literally told what someone is going through. I pick up my phone. Sometimes to call. The Holy Spirit says, no, don't call. I need to intercede instead. Or He says, send a message. Gives me an exact scripture. By the time you send the message, the person calls you and says, oh, this was what I needed. I'm dealing with this, this, and this. Meanwhile, Holy Spirit has already given you the intel, you know. I think it's, it's a beautiful way to live, guys. And there's so many people in the room here who can also testify how God, you know, uses these revelation gifts to save. I remember there was a time, something having to do with the fire incident that the Holy Spirit revealed. It never happened, so we don't know what we were pre- prevented from or what danger was averted. But the Holy Spirit revealed a potential you know, gas leakage situation, which would have led to a major fire incident, and then having to check and realize that this, if, something, if, if a certain condition persisted, there indeed would be a gas leakage that will cause a fire outbreak. So... Let me not dwell too much on word of knowledge. Another biblical example is Saul's lost asses and how Samuel will say to him, oh, by the way, you know, he starts to tell him, uh, you need to come and dine with me, you need to go to the high place, yada yeah, yada." Yeah, yeah. But he says, by the way, the asses that got lost, the donkeys, because I'm sure someone is wondering asses, the donkeys that got lost three days ago, they've been found, there's no need to worry about it. That is a word, uh, word of knowledge. Right there, the gift of the word of knowledge. Discerning of spirits, this gives us supernatural insights only into the realm of the spirit. And just in case <laughs> I find that growing up, my understanding of that realm of spirit was demons. <laughs> demons and evil spirits. No. Beyond that is human spirits too. You're able to discern the kind of spirit that an individual is carrying. Through discernment of spirits, I've prevented recruitment error, I promise you. Because you're probably wondering, are these gifts exclusive to pastors? Are they exclusive to people who serve in church and all? No. You bring these gifts to bear in your business. You bring it to bear in your workplace. Recruitment error has been averted significantly. And I remember the day I disobeyed on one particular one. I paid the price for it. Significantly, I was settling fights within a particular team. Every time, there was always fights. Always fights. Nobody wanted to work with this individual. But I remember when I presented it, and I didn't have any scientific reason. You you get how it is, you you do an interview, there's an interview assessment. This person checks all the boxes, competency or expertise wise. This person checks the boxes um, with experiential knowledge, you know, cognitive experience and all that. Even some character tests, the psychometrics, people can actually pretend to be who they are not. at an There's only so much you can get out of an interview session, to be honest. But the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit, reveals deep and secret things to you. I know people who run businesses, who have testified of how God has spoken to them, how if you recruit this person, If you open up your business to this person, your business is going to start a nosedive because of the kind of spirit that they carry. Meanwhile, there are some people that the Holy Ghost tells you this person is not as qualified, you know? This person doesn't have it all together, does not even have the number of years of experience. But bring on this person. You will be amazed. Why? Because of the kind of spirit that they have. They are teachable. You know, there are people who show up in a place and... See, it's not every time that science would always figure things out for you or that you'll be able to logically... Sometimes you really can't explain it. You just know this is not a decision to make. Or this is not... I shouldn't, I shouldn't go in that particular direction. Being able to obey God is extremely important. But I find that sometimes we're stifled. Because if you're a line manager, and you're trying to recruit, and HR is asking, you like, my spirit does not. What's what's wrong with your spirit? (laughs) Do you want to deal with your spirit? This person checks all the boxes. Do you want to hire? I remember my my organization, they say, are you buying or not? If I say I'm not buying, I'm not buying. Can you explain why? Sometimes I would find a way to make it logical. But sometimes you really can't. And we see an example in, um, and I'm going to talk about our work very briefly, but let's finish the, the, the gifts. Moving on to the next category of gifts, power gifts. These are spiritual gifts that do something. So the revelation gifts reveal. The power gifts do. One is faith, the gift of faith. Now this gift of faith, oftentimes I find that we misconstrue it to mean Saving faith. It's not the same. It's not the same. The gift of faith is a gift of the Spirit to the believer in order that he might receive so it, miracles. It's the one that enables you, opens you up to the workings of miracles, to healings. Because gift of uh, faith, gift of healings, and gift of the working of miracles, they are all power gifts. But you, where your faith is enabled... Um, I love Reverend Kenneth Hagin so much. I grew up in, on a lot of his materials and I remember one of his testimonies. In fact, I feel like maybe one of the most powerful testimonies of how he got saved and he got healed because he had been reading for 13 years. And then he got saved and in about a year or so, he got healed. The doctors had given all the it's not possible reports. But By engaging scripture, by engaging the word, by feeding his spirit on the word, his faith was activated. So he would simply take the word and pray as he saw it prayed in scripture. And reference, you know, there's something called the the law of first mention. So where was the first place God healed? And how did he do it? Or, Or Jesus performed a miracle. How did he do it? Where was the first place someone believed God for a miracle, for a healing? And how did it happen? So he would take all of these scriptures and chew on them. Meditate on them. And then till his mind begins to see himself as healed and risen from the bed. Meanwhile, he was still on the bed. So, there's the gift of faith. There is the gift of healings. It is manifested for supernatural healing of sicknesses and diseases without any natural source or means. And I need to provide this clarity here because, you know, sometimes... Again, the gifts of the Spirit are supernatural in nature. They enable supernatural living. So beyond your natural ability and capacity. It means that, as Jesus said, that you will lay your hands on the sick and they will recover. That with the laying on of hands, you can actually be healed. And as it is in Scripture, and you are reminded of, you know, what it is that you have as a benefit of the finished work of Christ, one of the major ones is healing. And as you believe for it that Jesus, by his stripes, you were healed and you continue in that. And and, and I know here because I can sense that someone's faith or someone's spirit is in that place where you're saying, well, I've been on this whole faith journey for a bit. I'm believing God for my healing. And it doesn't seem as though it's happened. It will happen. Keep at it. God is faithful. You might wonder, some people say, they testify, I prayed, and God just healed me like that. Fear. The thing just disappeared. But me, I've been on it, confessing, declaring, confessing, declaring, and yet nothing. Keep at it. Today is not the day to go into how we pray, to be prayer means, Recognize that there are things that have been made available to you, that have been released to you by reason of the relationship you have, by reason of the death and the resurrection of Christ. As believers, it is our responsibility. We change ourselves when we don't stay in that place. And there is also the prerogative of God's mercy. There is his will, and it's we can't get into all of that today so let's just stay focused yeah so faith the gifts of healing working of miracles that is the gifts given to the believer that he might of course work miracles simply put, the third category is utterance or inspirational gifts utterance or inspirational gifts and you have prophecy you have diverse kind of tongues interpretation of tongues to help somebody understand that here Prophecy is complete in and of itself, okay? It brings edification, encouragement, and comfort to the body of Christ. It brings edification, encouragement, and comfort to us. The difference between some of the things we call prophecy, they are actually words of wisdom or words of knowledge. Some of the things we call but because. If you put it side by side with this marker, this, this benchmark, it brings edification, encouragement, and comfort. I've heard people say they don't like prophets. Why? Because half the time it's like doom and gloom. I saw, I saw a vision, and in that vision I saw some people carrying your bed, and you were on the bed, and they were going to one very dark place. And then he starts to try and interpret the vision for you. And he says, like, you're going to die very soon. That is not comforting in any shape or form. God reveals to redeem. Amen. God reveals. When he makes it known, it is so that it can be averted. It is so that we can take a stand and enforce our authority as believers on a particular matter. Not that we should all just be cowering in fear. I remember somebody who in the scripture Who received such a message? I mean, the guy was just going about his normal business, ruling his kingdom. And the prophet shows up and says, Guy, put your house together. You are dying tonight. Was it even tonight? When did they say this guy would die? Three in three days. Put yourself together. You are dying in three days. Scripture said the guy turned to God and said, How? See, he reveals to redeem how God. I did this for you. I did this in your name. I did this in your name. God, remember, by the time he was done with that negotiation, God gave him an additional 15 years. Again, law of first mention, we see how that happens. We know that we can appropriate it to our situation. Even if a prophet has come. And you are the chief resident prophet of your life, by the way. You are the chief resident prophet of your life. That the words of God on your lips, Scripture says the words that I speak, they are what? Spirit and they are life. So what are you speaking? What are you speaking over your life? What are you speaking over yourself? What are you speaking over your situation? We're going to go into prayers very soon. So I've touched on the three categories of gifts. Um, Spiritual gifts I've mentioned also exalt Jesus. So how do these gifts help us to live our lives? Acts chapter 1, verses 8 says, you shall receive, the Amplified Translation is what I'm reading, you shall receive power. Yeah? Power means ability efficiency, and might. When the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be my witnesses, and he goes on to speak to the various regions. This was Jesus speaking to his apostles. Fast forward from Acts 1, Acts 2. Scripture says that the the 120 people, apostles and disciples, were gathered in a particular room. they tarried in the room there. I find that People, some people have an expectation that you need to tarry. To tarry means to wait, by the way. You need to wait. If I read a book where the person said he wanted to be, he he was born again. um, I think he was of Baptist origin. And he wanted to be filled with the Holy Ghost because he had heard people talking about being filled with the Spirit. And so he went to this pastor and said, I'm here. I want to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Pray for me. And the pastor says, you need to wait. He said, what am I waiting for? He said, you need to wait because in Scripture, the apostles tarried in the presence of God. If you go back to that Scripture, I think it's Acts 2.4. So, what he says was, they tarried, um, the instruction was for them to tarry in Jerusalem, yeah? Why do we talk about tarrying and we don't talk about Jerusalem if we're supposed to tarry? That means we're all supposed to go to Jerusalem to go and wait before we receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. But we take out Jerusalem and we speak about just tiring. You have to wait. And some people are waiting endless. Some people are still waiting. Somebody has told you you need to wait. You are still waiting. You need to be in a place, an atmosphere where you wait. I agree that, yes, there's an atmosphere. But guess what? You by yourself can receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. You can receive the gift of the Holy Spirit by yourself. There are various ways you can. You can receive the gifts of the Holy Spirit with laying on of hands. And we see that in Acts 8. Where Peter, would, uh, Peter and John, I think, would go to the Samaritans who had been saved. Philip had done a fantastic job. He had preached to them. They had been saved. But they did not have, they had not received the gift of the Holy Spirit. And so the apostles sent Peter and John to them. And scripture says that as they went there, they laid hands on them and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. So, what is that saying to us? God wants to give us. God has given us these gifts. By reason of salvation, we have access to these gifts. Some time back, I spoke about some of us are yet to unbox our gifts. And that's what's happening. So as we pray together this morning, we will be unboxing those gifts. And we will be released into new dimensions of giftings. Amen. Amen. That the Holy Spirit will pour upon us afresh with the evidence of speaking in tongues. Well, some people here you've never been able you don't, you've never been able to speak in tongues. today you will speak in tongues earnestly desire that's what scripture says and of course diverse types of tongues and interpretations of tongues. so there is the speaking in tongues where you edify yourself there is the diverse types of tongues speaking in other tongues where There is an interpretation that is beneficial to all. I mean, Paul will go ahead to explain it further. If I speak in tongues and you don't understand what I'm saying, it's it's of no use to you. It's not beneficial. But if I'm speaking in tongues and Titi here is interpreting, that is more beneficial to everybody because the mind of God is being revealed. Jude 20 will speak about us building our most holy faith by praying in other tongues. When we pray that way, we are exercising our own faith. It is for us. We are communing with God. Our faith is being strengthened. We are speaking the mind of our Father over certain certain situations. In fact, what we even have, as you spend time praying in the Holy Ghost, yeah, speaking in tongues, what typically happens? Or, well, yeah, is that you start to pray in understanding and you're making declarations. You're releasing prophecy and things like that. If you've noticed that starts to happen, you start to make declarations. You start to release prophecy, and you are declaring what is on the mind of the Father. That's where your understanding of a particular matter is fruitful. Or sometimes you spend time praying in the Holy Ghost. You might not even make any significant declaration, but you have then moved from a particular position in your heart, on your soul, where you then get into a place where there's a release of peace over a particular matter because you know you have conversed with God in heavenly prayer language, and the matter has been resolved. So, as we bring it all together... What kind of state of mind makes it easy for the gifts of the Spirit to be stirred within me? Our hearts need to be prepared. We meditate on Scripture. That's how we win the battle of the mind. The battle of fear, doubt, anxiety. Is this thing really working? Is this a fluke? And all that. When you study Scripture, things become clearer to you. It is the gift of the Holy Spirit because God wants to give it to us as His children. Or God has given it to us as his children. And so we need to leverage it. We need to receive. Our work is to receive. So as we are praying this morning, we are not praying that God should give. We are praying that we, we position ourselves to receive. That is the prayer. Earnestly desire. Earnestly desire. So praying in the spirit, putting on spiritual armor, and of course expecting the miraculous. The gifts of the Spirit are not to be manifested in church services only. So we can have an amazing time in God's presence this morning. And we will. I mean, we started already. But it's not to be manifested in just church services only. It is also supposed to be seen and evident in our lives, in our daily lives. That is so important. Scripture says in Matthew five sixteen, Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and what? Glorify your Father in heaven. How does our light shine? How will our light shine? When we have the Holy Spirit indwelling us, and we have his Spirit upon us, upon the works of our hands, your light will shine. That you'll be that one that is sought sought after in your place of work. You'll be that one that your business thrives. They're looking for you within your industry. People are seeking counsel. I remember somebody sharing an experience, and even this has happened. In fact, let me share my own personal experience. I went for a consulting um, session. We're trying to bid for a project. And we had been in this session for about, what, now? Five hours. They've not paid us, so they have not even told us we're going to get the job, myself and my partner. But we were there, you know, trying to convince, number crunching, selling ourselves. Telling them what we'll do differently. And we're just there with the, the, with the MD. When the first session was with the owner of the company, it was a tech company. And we were there, and it just felt like it was really tedious. Just going on and on and on. Maybe about six hours. At this time, my attention span was already. And I began to pray in the Holy Ghost just underneath my breath. I was just, you know, my partner was still talking doing PowerPoint presentation and all that. And all of a sudden, I just said, you know, why don't we take this part of your business? Why don't we hive it off? And I, I said a couple of stuff. And the man just jumped up. Light bulb moment. He was like, what? This is it. This is it. You know, then I said, hi, Holy Spirit. I should have done this from the beginning. Like why didn't this why didn't this come from the beginning? We would not have done six hours. They would have just gotten this, and that was it. That was really how we got the bridge. man was so excited with the idea, and they decided to run with it. But it was, it was an opening. And, and there are several examples. If you think about your life and just those moments, those God moments, God spirit enabled moments, where you brought an idea to bear. See, the gift of spirit is not for church, oh, it's not for church only. We have there's, there are too many lights in the room. Go and shine your light in the world. I was listening to somebody who was saying how a person, um, also a consultant, was consulting for this multinational. And the I think it's an Australian company, yes. So every time the board members are meeting, they invite this man. And the man always gets up and goes to the restroom. The man is Christian, but I don't know what his problem was. She was always taking bathroom breaks. So one of the board members couldn't handle it anymore on that particular, at that particular meeting and complained to the rest of the board members that, look, what is going on here? Why is this person always taking bathroom breaks? And the others said, ha, he's the reason why we are here. As many bathroom breaks as he wants to take, he can take it. It does not affect the, because this man is delivering. Another example, I think this one was a, a local company here, another multinational, a bank to be precise. The, they started a strategy session and they, there was a, a, a dead spot. They all couldn't figure out what to do, plus consultants, plus owners. And the consultant requested for some time to come back. By the time he came back and he presented them a way forward, he said somebody called him. One of the board members called him aside. One of the directors, the executive directors called him aside and said, "Guy." This thing that you just shared, where did you get it? You see, because some of us, we belong to certain types of organizations, in brackets, occult groups, where the only reason why we're there is to be able to get certain types of supernatural enablements, you know, wisdom, power to make these types of decisions. This is superior information you have brought. You need to introduce me to your own occults. And the guy is very proudly Christian. My point is, that was how a soul was won. Yeah. Because if my own way is not delivering, and I found superior information, that's kind of like, what's the name of that man that wanted to buy gifts from uh, the apostles that they rebuked him and said he should perish with his money? Simon. Show me the way. That is the kind of life we're expected to live. As proof producers, people should come to us and say, show me the way. The works of your hands should compel people to submit to your God. Show me the way. But a lot of us are Christians. We are either lazy or we we are happy to just fit in and just go with the crowd and not exercise the authority and the gifts that we have to bring heavenly dimension to bear in our natural everyday life. People need to ask, show me the way. That is an easier way to win souls as proof producers. Don't go to the office and say, let us pray. The only thing they know you for is let us pray, let us pray. You're always praying tell you, you that we start the meeting with prayer. You will close the meeting with prayer. Your appraiser results. Average. With all the Holy Spirit inside of you. And the light that you carry. And this is not dissing anyone, by the way. We've all been there. But it's true. Proof producers is who we are. And you need to produce results. Because your results will compel submission. But until we start to walk in the Spirit and maximize the gifts of the Spirit. Today is not the day to talk about fruits. The gifts, the supernatural ability that puts us over and above. That takes us beyond That when there are naughty issues, challenging situations, you get up, go to the restroom, and you are just praying in the Holy Ghost. You think your father will not answer you? He says the deep and secret things. he wants to reveal to his children. He wants to reveal mysteries to his children. That is the father that we have. We do not have a father when we ask for bread, he will give us stone. That is not the father we have. We have the father when we say dad this is not making sense so you need to help. god no go shame us you need to help your child my job is on the line you don't even have to wait till your job is on the line it says god what this issue in my organization are, are you the kind of person that beyond your you have solved problems in other in other departments that amount of information and wisdom is present in the holy ghost and he wants to reveal it to his children. So that is how we appropriate the gifts of the Spirit in our daily lives. I want us to pray. Please get on, on your feet. Get on your feet. Thank you for listening to a message from the Life Point Church. To download more free messages, please visit www.soundcloud.com forward slash LifePointNG.